The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to my podcast. I'm Dr. Stephen Farmer, psychotherapist, shamanic practitioner, author, and teacher, and I'll be exploring with you ways to connect with spirit animals, ancestors, spirits of nature, how to heal from trauma, and many other topics. So stay tuned. Hi, this is Dr. Stephen Farmer, and uh, welcome to the podcast here. I have actually someone that you've met before, if you've been listening to the podcast here, and that's Simran. And uh, Simran is, and I will read directly from her uh, autobiography or her bio, I guess is what it's called these days. Simran is a number one rated, archived, syndicated host of Voice America's 1111 Talk Radio host of 1111 Interview TV and publisher of the Nautilus award-winning 1111 magazine. She's the author of IPPY and IPA gold award-winning Conversations in the Universe and Your Journey to Enlightenment and the IPPY gold award-winning Your Journey to Love. Simran creates art, books, and online courses to bridge humanity's experience and expression. Along with being a TEDx speaker, Simran is the creator of the one-woman show, The Rebel Road, connecting the dots from what was to what is. So Simran, welcome back. Thank you for joining me again. This will be fun, I know. I'm so um, glad to be here. I so enjoyed being in conversation with you before, so I know it'll be oh, great. Same, same here. <laughs> And again, I'm, I shared this with you before we started too, but just I'm astounded at how accomplished you are and how much you have, and all with uh, evidence from the titles and such with a very clear mission, you know, about what your purpose is here on the earth. So let's start with this. How about, um, and then I want to introduce your, your latest book of the trilogy, but uh, first the 1111, what is that, what's the significance for you? 1111 began as a set of signs for me that started showing up repeatedly once I began on my spiritual path. And after about four weeks of seeing these numbers about 40, 50 times a week, 
I asked the universe what this meant or to make them stop because I thought I was losing it. <laughs> and uh, what I got was uh, two different meanings. One of the meanings was that these are four pillars and there's a gateway we are here to walk through for our masteries. And those four pillars are physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And the second meaning is we are all of these ones, individual ones that are here to make the change, that are here to be the masters. And in unity, we are the one. And so those are the two meanings that I was given. Oh, nice. And then uh, again, I, I jokingly said, how do you sleep? You know, or when do you sleep? You know, with all of these things that you're involved in, you're doing, you're really, I think you said, you mentioned something about, well, the last seven years in, in particular. Yes, yes. You know, my, my first three books, it's really interesting. I was very much that ambitious person, the one with the drive, the one that wanted to go out and do something and wanted to have a purpose. And also that individual, like most of us, that wants to be seen, heard and acknowledged. And I had a moment hit my life that was unlike anything I thought could have happened and completely opposite of the light. I had been so focused on the light but whenever we bring that much light and love to ourselves, what we do is we wash ourselves clean. So everything unlike it comes up. And so I immersed myself into the darkness. And that meant for me what I think is the sacred feminine, which is to really sit, to sit in the sacred bowl, the womb space, the void, uh, immersing and being swallowed whole by the momentary experience and allowing myself to feel all of that. And in doing that, I decided I would not get up until my body told me to. And it ended up being seven years. But through that seven years of being really, really present and very, very still, I began to uncover a dissolving process, an alchemical process that was taking place in my mind, body, spirit, in all parts of me. And it showed me a lot about life, a lot about myself, a lot about what humanity is and all of its layers and levels. And I really thought I was done. I didn't think I had anything else I wanted to do. And once my body said, get back up, all of a sudden I got the guidance, write the three books. And the three books need to depict everything that you've uncovered. And that's what this trilogy is. It is the multidimensional human experience for us to move through all of the challenges of life and that is what living the seven blessings of human experience is to dive deeply, not only into our shadow, but our animal, our monster, our demons to understand how we're being that creates the rest of this world. And that's being the seven illusions that derail personal power, purpose, and peace. And then today's book, which is knowing the seven human expressions of grace. And I called this book her or she, because this is humanity. This is the beauty of our humanity once we've moved through those other two parts of ourselves. Yeah, beautiful. And the other parts of the, the previous two books are living, living and, being. and being. Yes. And so this is differentiated, this third book, knowing from the other two in what way? You almost have to move through the other two to open to this. This is the flowering of humanity. And we think that we have humanity, but we haven't opened to the true beauty of humanity that allows the alchemical process of the light bodies to come forward, to allow a higher 
experience of our senses to truly understand the layers and levels of what real manifestation requires so that it can be sustainable and uh, unending in our energy. You said, you know, how did you write all these things or how are you so prolific? And I think it's mostly because I stay very present and I'm willing to embrace all levels of myself. And when I do that, I'm out of the way because all of me is present and then everything just happens. I recall from our uh, previous conversations too, the, uh, um, what, uh, one aspect that fascinates me is the willingness to just dive deep into the darkness. And how do you, how, when you advise people on that or through your books, you advise people, do you tell them, well, protect yourself or, or do you just say, just open the doors and dive in? What do you, what would be your suggestion to people? You know, I've never been one that felt like I needed to protect myself from anything. I always felt like if I'm trying to protect myself from something, I'm not willing to see some part of myself that is really there. And so when I made this choice, it's probably not a choice most people would make. You know, The average person is not going to say, I'm going to step back from life for seven years and completely trust that my needs will be taken care of and that I can immerse in this this sacred bowl of, of, or the sacred egg of, of darkness. And I think that that's part of the reason that I was guided to write the books so that people could use them as oracles or take bite-sized pieces and read just a paragraph a day and let them be these bedside devotionals that help open them to their multidimensionality. And I think anytime that we push against something or pull something too hard towards us, what we're really doing is creating the friction between not being and true being. And those are the places that we're here to reconcile. Not being and true being. Yes. And that's what you're saying. Uh, in a way you're saying, you know, it needs to come together. Yes. Yes. And when okay. we, together, yeah. and we start to embrace all of these parts of ourselves, we move into knowing but that takes certain steps to move into that humanity because I think so many people want to leap up into their higher self or even beyond that, but they don't realize that there is a really sacred ceremonial type process that we must gift ourselves. And those are the human graces. And they are things like the grace of simplicity which all of us naturally go through. We just don't realize it's a grace and it's that moment of our lives where something just gets us to go, I need to get rid of everything or life's got to change or this relationship, this job, this home, this furniture, these clothes, this isn't me anymore. And it either gets pulled away from you or you get rid of it, but that starts that process. And so in a way, living, being, and knowing naturally will happen as long as you are present Otherwise, you get stuck in just one of them and you only look from that lens and you don't get to touch the other two. And so my my desire is to open people to seeing all three aspects so that they move forward present to all three all of the time. Um, the word that comes to mind is attachments, you know, that were taught by certain traditions, you know, to be non-attached. And yet I find um, I am attached you know, to certain things. But the trick is, can I still, in spite of that attachment, let them go? 
And I got to say, sometimes it's easy. You know, sometimes it's easy, but other times it's really challenging. It's like, really? Or I get a message, you know, that says, you got, I'm trying to think of a good example and nothing comes to mind specifically at this point, but uh, there's a part of me that wants to argue. You know, if I'm told, okay, you got to let this go, you know, I don't know. I, I kind of like it, you know, hanging around here, even though it's not doing me a whole lot of good, but I like it hanging around here. What would you say about attachments in that way? Uh, you know, all of the graces are really these very high spiritual steps that we are here to take. We just don't realize that we can take them. And so when I talk about the grace of simplicity, our human mind thinks that it's about simplicity on the outside. But there's also levels of simplicity on the inside. And as we start to do that, we can move towards the grace of detachment. That is one of the graces. And that grace of detachment is detaching ourselves not only from the experiences and things of the world, but also detaching ourselves from the identity, from the need to hold on, from being who we are so that we can be more than that. And that's probably something that a lot of people struggle with right now, especially with this being a social media society, uh, Hmm. being all about identity. You know, detachment is going to be a little tough for some people because they don't want to get rid of their identity but yet they want their power, they want their presence, they want their purpose. And to get to the understanding that the real power, real presence and real purpose come when you actually lose your identity, not by building more of one. That actually shrinks your container to a very tiny, narrow viewpoint. So true. I, uh, you know, a very personal example would be, I've got, uh, I play guitar and I've written a few songs, you know, I've never had ambition or whatever to be famous and be, well, that's not true. Come on, Stephen. Yeah. There was a time in my life when I thought I want to be a rock and roll star, you know, <laughs> that's been a long time ago. But anyway, I have, uh, and I realized there's one guitar that uh, I just, I could, I could let this go. And specifically to this one individual, one of my nieces who is now in her twenties back in Tennessee, et cetera, and I just want to give it to her as a surprise and also a graduation gift. She's graduating from college. But I got to tell you, you know, I've had to um, dance with the grace of detachment. <laughs> it's like, you're going to what? Yeah, it's okay, Stephen. Just relax. Okay, it's okay. You've got three other guitars. You don't need that many guitars. You know, you really, you could do with one, Stephen, you know, when it gets down to it. Let's be honest here. And then the yeah, buts start, you know? So I, I think probably most people who are listening to this can familiar, you know, are familiar with that feeling of, well, I should let this go and then go, eh, no, not yet. You know, so uh, that's a work in progress right now. <laughs> Simran. Yes. It's a work in progress. I, uh, what I also, one thing I got to tell you about the book itself, and I just got this yesterday, so I haven't had time to go into it thoroughly, but, you know, I've had a chance to peruse it. And you mentioned something, uh, oh, just a few minutes ago, um, to paraphrase what you said. And what I heard was, you can actually read, and I think you said this in the book too, you can read a couple pages a day, you know, and that's sufficient, you know, don't rush through it. Or what I've been doing is kind of going through and reading, you know, just flipping pages and reading certain things. And, um, I love the beauty of that. You know, it's like you can sort of, again, that 
that term dance. You can sort of dance with the words and what's being expressed in each of these. Or go linear, you know, and read it straight through, but take your time. I think that's your advice is take your time in going through this. The books won't let you go quickly. And when I was guided Mm -hmm. to create them in the way that they've been created, I realized that they are a multidimensional experience within themselves to show individuals how to move through life. We've gotten to become too fast, too quick, too uh, gluttonous in what we have to have very, very quickly. And so these are meant to help the pause and allow the sacred moments and learn how to just savor something in your mouth first and then to swallow it and then to let it digest and let it, you know, move throughout the body and have its own way with us. And so when I tell people, yes, get all three, because they are different parts of you, you're going to have the collection of you right there. And you will be drawn to one or all three every day. And just open it and read a few lines or one paragraph out of each. And that really is enough, because the mind thinks it needs a lot more, but the soul wants to be romanced. It wants to have experience, and it wants to unfold with you. And this is going to teach you how to do that with yourself so that you then relax into life and you allow life to unfold. And that brings a different kind of ease, a different kind of manifestation, a different sense of play and fulfillment and heartfelt living. And Mm. ultimately, that's what we all want. We may not have gotten to the point of admitting it to ourselves, but many people can feel that, that I want more than just this kind of grind that I keep moving forward and it doesn't feel like I'm ever getting anywhere. We want the sweet, subtle moments and we want the pauses Mm. and the gentle kisses, which is why I have uh, so many sweet kisses within the book. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, I see what you mean. I'm going to turn to a page that I was looking at earlier today under a chapter called fragrance dash emitting wisdom, fragrance emitting wisdom. What does it smell like? Yes. And the piece that uh, grabbed me, and I think there's no accidents, you know, why this one grabbed me. If passion is present, then ego identity and willfulness are too. Let dispassion rise so that source creates through you, capital Y, you. Otherwise, you, you, smaller case, all uppercase you, 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 you interfere with the divine plan. Not to worry, there are no errors. Your will adds texture, dimension, and shadow to life's tapestry. Your pathways and detours will eventually lead back to the high way. (laughs) I love that. Life's paths are designed to awaken higher frequencies of energy, bring forth greater experiences of truth, and provide infinite expressions of growth for the fragrance of wisdom to emit through you. Now, that's one that um, to sit with for a while. Yes. Like you said, absorb it. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. 
earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I don't know how you come up with these, but you're uh, you're an elegant speaker. I mean, you put you put. I, I love words anyway, and I like the way you you put words together. It's poetic. Oh. You know, it has that sort of feeling of, of poetry to it. Oh, that means so much coming from you because I'm such an admirer of your work, and so oh, thank you. It really, it really touches me deeply to hear you say that with all the wisdom that comes through you. You had mentioned before the show started the style of the book and how I have paragraphs and then these smaller quotes. And once I completed them, what I realized those are, they're kind of like how we move through life and we have these little insights that pop in or these aha moments. And so it's kind of like the paragraphs are us walking down the path and then all of a sudden we get a sign or something and we get this insight and that bold section is that, okay. And it's that place of wonder that opens us up. And so I really... I knew and I wanted, and I think my heart and soul longed to create a set of books that were not just books, but literally living experiences. And I think that these three are. I, um, I thank you for that. And yes, um, the word grace itself, you know, really captured my attention. You know, when I, the book showed up, I went, huh, interesting. The seven human expressions of grace. And I'll tell you one where my thought went was my sister in Minnesota has done some hospice work, you know, where she's tended the death, the uh, dying and those who are moving into the next frame, you know, whatever that may be. Yeah. And uh, we talked a little bit about it. It fascinates me. Death fascinates me. You know, goodness, what does happen? You know, where do you go after death? You know, what's, uh, what's the big deal about it? You know, everything dies, you know, that I go from there to, it doesn't, it doesn't scare me, you know, and I'm older, so I'm a little closer to the gate, you know, than a lot of people, but I still got a ways to go from everything that comes to me. Anyway, my sister, Susan, I, I just love and adore her. We've had some great conversations. So we talked about her hospice work. And so I, I paused for a second. I said, Susan, what is it you bring? into that arena. Grace. Pause. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Grace. grace, you got it. Yeah, you knew where I was going with that. It, it's just, because I, it, and that's about, what else could you say? Yeah, it is. It's a human expression and we never think of that. We kind of have placed grace high above us or away. Like that's only something that the divine is allowed to have. But yet we're all on this journey to, touch the divine, access the divine, embody the divine, you know, be held by the divine, in love with the divine. We're all craving that in some way, shape, or form. That's true. That's true. And so for us to put grace away and to put the divine away, we're we're not allowing those things to to be where they really are, which is inside of us. 
And I think that's what knowing really does is it brings this remembrance back to the sacredness of oneself, starting with the sacredness of our humanity, because that is the true place of our human grace. And it is the true opening for divine grace to unfold. And you were talking about death, you know, in the first book, Living, the seventh blessing is actually the blessing of death. And the blessing of death is something that we experience over and over again, because these seven blessings are cyclical. We move through them repeatedly in our lifetime. And every time there is this death, there is going to be a rebirth. And the seventh grace that correlates with the blessing of death is actually the grace of freedom. And that's what death is. Death is freedom. But we've never been thought, taught to look at it in that manner. We've never been given any idea that death can be something that is releasing, that allows us to leap into a new journey and experiencing something new. We've been taught to grieve it or be upset by it or be scared of it. And we don't have to be because it is yeah. one step closer to the true divinity of ourselves every time we die. And that yeah. over and over again in our lifetime. Yep. I was just looking at, um, glancing at, I should say, the of the seven graces, two, three, four, five, the grace of rebirth related to what you were saying. Yes. And uh, I'm sure you'd agree, but I think we go through those cycles, just like you said, we go through those cycles several times. You know, what's the rebirth? Well, we got to die first. Yes. Something in us has to die. And then something will emerge or we'll move on, you know, into the, the next lifetime or the soul's path, whatever that might be. Yes. So the uh, grace of rebirth, could you make a uh, comment on that? The grace of rebirth? Well, and I think the grace of rebirth is that moment where we really do come back into the world new. It means this place of innocence, this place of leaving everything that we were behind and allowing ourselves to have a new set of eyes, a new set of ears, a new mind, a new way of creation, a new idea of possibility. And if we can really rebirth in that way, it's not even the phoenix rising anymore because the phoenix is still bringing the ash of what was before. This means I am completely new. I no longer need to cling to any part, any remnant of the past, any memory. And I have throughout each layer of the seven graces, I have something which is visceral that is in the body. And we were talking about the vagus nerve earlier before we came on. And as I sat through my seven years and went through this alchemical process, what I started to discover after I allowed emotion to move through, after I allowed thoughts to move through, all sensations to move through, I started uncovering these deep visceral energies that were embedded in my body. Hmm. And I could feel them. Like they, they were just there. And and they were the visceral qualities of things like envy and resentment and those bitterness and those things that we would, our human mind would say, I don't have any of that. I don't carry any of those things. Those are things that I've mm -hmm. healed or, you know, they're just not part of my experience. But if we really do carry all of time within us, then our greatest freedom comes from allowing all of those visceral energies to dissolve from us and being willing to say, okay, maybe I have been 
that quality of envy, that deep, deep, dark shadow that has been one of the deadly sins on the planet. And I have my own piece of it. And now because I'm willing to embrace the flowering of my humanity, that is just kind of subtly dissolving off simply because I'm here to see it and feel it and be all right with it, be neutral with it. Because ultimately, I think that's the key, our neutrality. Hmm. Uh, a client I was speaking to the other day used a term, I, I really love it. Uh, she's a body therapist, you know, body massage, et cetera, et cetera. And she used the expression, the embodiment of God. Mm. And I love that. I was like, yeah, the embodiment of God and myself, you know, because um, the training I've had in uh, probably the most astounding training was a trauma recovery training called somatic experiencing. And I'll tell you, I went through a three-year certification on that. And I walked out of there going, this makes so much sense, you know, is that it lives in the body until you find ways. Yes. How did you put it? You know, to dissolve it, you know, to release it. It's kind of a um, paradox in a way. It, it seems to be anyway. You can tell me otherwise, but the paradox of like embracing it at the same time releasing it. It is, exactly. It's a both end. And we can't, yeah, the, human, the regular mind just can't understand it. It's got to be one or the other. You got to either hold on to it or let it go, <laughs> you know? But yeah. the as I, in my training in hypnosis too, that's what I was taught is the, the subconscious mind can deal with paradox. It deals with both and, whereas the conscious mind wants to divvy it up. <laughs> yes. Yeah, in the book, in, in Knowing, I actually call that the process of dissolving and absorption because really it, it dissolves from you, but to be whole, you almost have to absorb it again. Yeah. Yet it, it, it transmutes in that moment. Yes. Not transmutes yeah. because that becomes something else, but literally transmutes. And that's where the gold, the alchemy, the light, the uh, different energies and frequencies start to raise. And so I love that the, the paradox is exactly that. And so um, people can find these books on Amazon. Yes, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. They can go to my website, imsimran.com, and I have the trilogy at a bundle price with some free meditations and other gifts that go with them. Um, and like I said, you can read these. Uh, by as oracles, I have five different ways you can actually partake of the books, and I share that within the books. But you can even read something else alongside because this is something you're likely are going to just open it in the morning and open it in the evening, and you're going to get exactly what you need in that day to allow it to be assimilated inside of you. Yeah, it's a different way to say, you know, um, if you're wanting a, some sort of an oracle, go to your bookshelf and just grab a book, you know, and open it and see what it says. In this case, it's more directed in that way. Like, yeah, open the book and see what's there. Just like what I'd read. You yes. know, there was something about it for me. I'd, I'd have to, uh, as you say, absorb it a little bit more, <laughs> you know, but uh, definitely there was something there in just reading that. And I, that's the advice you give people is just a couple pages at a time, you know, thumb through the book. You know, you don't have to, it, you don't have to be linear with it. Exactly. Like the usual book. And I think that's part of the creativity and the uniqueness of each of these books, each of these three books. And you also briefly mentioned, uh, you, these aren't the only ones. You have some other books too. I do. I have some other books. If someone wants something that's a little bit lighter, if they're 
a newbie on the path or if there's someone that is more advanced, I actually have a fourth book that's out. It's called Signs, Sacred Encounters with Pathways, Turning Points, and Divine Guideposts. It's part of the Common Sentience series, which I know your book is also yeah. part of the series. And the interesting thing about this book, because I, I didn't actually plan to write this. This kind of came while I was finishing up the trilogy. But uh, in The Blessing of Life, the first blessing in living, each of the blessings have a set of gifts that comes with it. And the gifts for the blessing of life are signs, symbols, and synchronicities. So I think the mm. universe orchestrated for this to come out at the same time to be the lighter read uh, while people partake in the other as an oracle. I had just a short story. Uh, speaking of synchronicities, um, I got to, I got this idea that I burr up my bonnet, I call it, you know, this idea that I would take one of, the cards from any of the Oracle cards I have. And that would be it for the day, you know, and this started about three days ago. Second day, I pulled a card from one of the animal Oracle cards and it was lizard. Ah. And it said, you know, on the card, the reading, there's more extended reading in the guidebook, but on the card, it just said, pay attention to dreams and visions. I thought, okay. So I plant the card right there and it's right there talking to me, you know, throughout the day. I go out to the kitchen because I have a home office. I go out to the kitchen and a most interesting thing happened. Guess what? A lizard? One of the kitties. Yes, a lizard, a live, fortunately live lizard that one of the kitties had brought in missing a piece of tail. And I went, hmm, this means something. (laughs) (laughs) A little reminder, you know, knock on the head, pay attention to your visions and dreams, you know, and so. It was very, very helpful. And I had another one, which I I won't go to the story of that, but a very similar one with one of the cards had to do with, um, I don't know, what was it? I can't remember it right offhand. Oh, Roadrunner, really unusual one, you know, which is uh, lighten up. Don't take things so seriously, that sort of thing. And uh, uh, one of my clients wrote me about something. Oh, I saw this and this, you know, two different animals. And then it was almost like a, a, a coda at the end. I said, oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, I saw a Roadrunner, too. So, Stephen, do you get the message here? That's right. (laughs) It's it's just fun. You know, in another way, it's just fun. I've got several of your card decks, and I love that. I just, I love the card and just getting that quick sign, that symbol, that message. And it's just a fun way to play with life, to play with the universe and to be a good way to put it. Yes. Yeah, not to take, uh, I mean, there, there are moments in life, I suppose, that, that call for seriousness, you know, and contemplation in that way. But, uh, you know, I, I look at my surroundings and my situation, and I go, I have no reason to be upset or depressed or anything like that. You know, it really is, it's a joy. It's a, um, really a privilege, you know, to be alive, even with all the stuff that's going on, you know, and the climate change and all that. And I, I, before we end, I want to ask you about that. Just your thoughts about that. You know, what the future holds because of the uh, turmoil, really, that's in the world, both the planetary as well as the human turmoil. Any sage advice or perspective on that? I think that the world is reflecting to us as a mirror, as a sign and a symbol of all the places within ourselves that we uh, need to dive into and immerse in and allow ourselves to embrace. And I think that when we do that, what we're going to find out is how unconscious we've been. I love what you just said about 
experiencing joy all the time and, and having that happiness. And Stephen, that comes from people who are willing to dive into their depths. And, and I know that you are a shaman worker and you help individuals move into those places as well. And it is in that embrace of our unconscious self, our higher conscious self, and that underworld self that we actually find our aliveness. We don't realize mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. In just our daily living in our grind, we are unconscious 99% of the time. And so mm-hmm. if you just are willing to claim, okay, I'm unconscious. I get it all the time. Most of the time, whenever I'm not present, I'm unconscious. Mm-hmm. And if there's a part of me that's unconscious, are there other parts of me that are actually here that I'm not present to? And I think that that's what, you know, any conflict or any shootings or any climate issues or bank issues in some small metaphysical way, they are really showing us where we've crashed or where we are heating up and not paying attention to that rising that's happening in us that is hmm. going to let us explode if we do not do something about taking care of our own weather patterns and our own treatment of our body. Or good way to put it. Yeah. Internally that really is going on that is now forcing there to be a conflict externally. Uh, how hmm. many of us on the planet have killed our inner child, our little child, and totally just hmm. obliterated it? And I believe that's why there's so many issues in regards to shootings right now of, of young people. It's the universe is really, really trying to get our attention to say, mm-hmm. stop, pause, feel, and look at what I'm mirroring to you so that you can experience greater aliveness. Yeah, I like, thank you. Yeah, that's well stated. Reflectivity, you know, that the world itself becomes reflective of what's going on internally. And that's what we need to look at, or yeah. we we have the opportunity, you know, to look at whether we do or not. Simran, wow! Um, I hope I can sleep tonight after our discussion. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's got it's I, you know again. I previously too, I found it was very provocative talking with you and also like re, you know reviewing your book, just checking it out and perusing it. So. I frankly, I highly recommend it. You know, go check it out. Um, I am, I A M, Simran, S I M R A M. Did I say that right? Simran, S I M R A N, N as in Nancy. Okay, I am Simran.com. Go to her website, and I think you'll find all well, a lot more than what we've talked about today, that's for sure. And I say, go out and get the books, you know, get all three of them, because I think there's a wealth of. Um, wisdom and it boils down to that and in this book particularly there's a wealth of grace mm. yes <laughs> so thank you thank you for celebrating them with me it really does it feels like a head it's fun isn't it yeah and <laughs> yeah i i know what it's like to get a book done too and to get a book down out there so you can go okay now next <laughs> at least for me it's like okay what's next <laughs> All right, dear. Thank you very much. And thank you all for listening. Uh, This is Dr. Stephen Farmer again. And this is my uh, dear guest, one of my, dare I say, one of my favorites. But uh, thank you, Simran, for uh, showing up today and offering your sage advice. Well, thank you for being one of my soulmates. I have totally enjoyed it. Look forward to connecting again. Blessings. Or as you said in the book, namaste.
<laughs> All right. Take care. Thanks for joining me, and I hope you join me for future episodes where I'll share some powerful healing practices and meditations, introduce you to some amazing guests and friends of mine who will stop by for some conversation, and on occasion I'll pull some oracle cards from one of my decks and do readings. I'll also share some of my original music that I'm sure you'll enjoy. If you like what I'm doing, please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app or go to my show page on mindbodyspirit.fm where you can also get the free mobile app to listen to any of my shows or find some new favorites. If you'd like to contact me with questions, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram or send an email to info at drstephenfarmer.com. You can also find lots of material on that website, drstephenfarmer.com, so please feel free to explore. Please also know that by sending a question, you're giving me permission to possibly use it in a future podcast so others may benefit from it. And to close, I'd leave you with the four most important words to take with you. Gratitude, love, compassion, and forgiveness. Hi, I'm Liz Winter, and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the Mind Body Spirit.fm podcast network.